And so we pray, Lord, may the words of my lips and the thoughts of all our hearts be what you would have of us, O God, our strength and our redeemer. Well, today's readings are those set for Mothering Sunday, not for the fourth Sunday in Lent, which is today, but we are continuing to look at the way of the cross, which is our theme through Lent this year. And the way of the cross includes suffering. And both the mothers that we've heard about in today's readings experienced suffering. The background to our first Old Testament reading that Julie read to us is in the earlier verses of that chapter. So Elkanah has two wives, Hannah and Penina. Penina had children, Hannah did not. She'd not been able to get pregnant and Penina was very unkind to her about, her, about it. She basically bullied her. And every year when the family went to, on their pilgrimage to Shiloh to make their sacrifices, which is what happened in Old Testament times, they would celebrate having children and Elkanah would give Penina extra gifts because she had children and Hannah would feel miserable. I'm sure you can imagine that. And on one particular year, she is feeling so upset that she leaves the family celebrations and goes on her own to the temple in great distress and prays fervently to God that she might be able to have a child. In verse 11 of chapter 1, we read that she promises God that if she has a son, she will offer him back to God to serve him all his life. The elderly priest, Eli, thought she was drunk. She, he could see her lips move, but heard no sound, and tells her to go away. But when Hannah explains what's going on and what she's praying for, he blesses her and prayed that God would answer her prayer. And in today's reading, we hear that her prayers were answered. She did conceive. She had a son. She called him Samuel. Later on, we hear that she has more children, but this is her firstborn son that she's promised to dedicate to God. So when Samuel was old enough to leave her, and the Bible says when she's weaned him, I like to think that she must have gone on breastfeeding that child for a very long time. I can't bear to think that she did the four months that I did with my child. So anyway, she, when he's old enough to survive without his birth mother, she takes him back to Shiloh and she offers him back to the house of the Lord and leaves him there to be brought up and dedicated to God's service. You may remember the story when he's older of him lying in the temple and hearing God speaking to him. This is the Samuel who is going to lead the people of his nation. Now it's very hard for us to imagine that any mother nowadays would leave her child like that. But all mothers at some point in our lives have to let go. We have to let go of our children. We have to let them move on and build their own lives. And it's an essential part of growing up. Natalia's parents will have to do exactly the same with her. Hannah lets go of Samuel to allow him to grow up to be the leader of his people. In our gospel reading, we heard of the final letting go that Mary had to do for her son as she waited for him to die. I love the stained glass windows in our church. I love being able to see that picture of the crucifixion, 
But I have to say, at times like this, I do think it's rather a sanitized version of what it must have been like with Mary and John, either side of Jesus at the cross. Mary demurely holding her hands like this, all of them looking so peaceful. But the cross is agonizing. And there's a mother who's losing her child. There's a man losing his best friend. St. John the Divine in Kennington has a, a much, much more vivid representation of that. If ever you get a chance to go there, do, do go. Now, John's Gospel, always so interesting. He tells us that Jesus saw his mother standing near the cross. We know from the other Gospels that his mother's called Mary. John never mentions her name. And the disciple who's there is also nameless, John referring to him simply as the disciple whom Jesus loved. And John is the only gospel writer to tell us that Jesus' mother was there at the cross. But her presence, his mother, is very significant. John mentions her only twice in the whole gospel. She's there at the start of his ministry, at Cana in Galilee, when she suggests something to him and he says, woman, my hour has not yet come. And then here at the end, when his hour has come, he again addresses his mother as woman and says, here is your son. Now there's so much deep theology in John's gospel. It's wonderfully rich. One of the things you might try to do during this Lent is to read the gospel. There's a wonderful Church of England thing called Live Lent at the moment. I get every day, I get a feed into my uh, emails and it gives me a little bit of John's gospel and a reflection on it. There's always much more than there seems to be on the surface. And this brief exchange by the cross isn't simply a dying man asking his best friend to look after his mother once he's gone. The earlier exchange at Cana, when Mary knew that Jesus could do something miraculous, she comes to tell him, wine has run out. Can't have a wedding without wine. And her, just her coming to him makes him snap at her and say, what's that got to do with me? But it seems he relents and he takes the opportunity for what John calls the first of his signs, transforming water into wine a sign of the transformation that Jesus can bring. But the story also shows us a vast gulf between Jesus and all the humans who surround him, including even his mother. And then the short scene at the cross that Claire read to us today is the moment when Jesus prepares his mother and his beloved disciple for the time when everything will be healed through his death and resurrection. It is the end of Jesus' earthly life, but it leads to the birth of the church and freedom from sin for all who believe in him. The beloved disciple has no name because he is representative of all disciples, all of us. And Mary, therefore, becomes a mother to us all. St. Paul tells us that we are the adoptive brothers and sisters of Christ, and we're therefore Mary's adoptive children in the family of the church, the family into which we are going to be baptizing Natalia. 
I was on a study day a couple of weeks ago led by Geoffrey John. He's now the Dean of St. Albans Cathedral. He used to be here in Southwark. And he taught me when I was training for ordination and inspired me with a, a, a renewed love of the New Testament. He hasn't lost any of those skills. One of the things that he was saying is, there is no getting round the fact that from a gospel point of view, until Jesus' work is finished, all human beings, even Jesus' mother and brothers, even his closest friends, are born into the kingdom of darkness. And there's a lot in John's gospel about darkness and light. But John then, Geoffrey uh, John, John then went on to explain that when Jesus' work is finished on the cross, that great gulf that separates us from him and therefore from God is bridged. Mary is established as the mother of the church, the mother of all Christ's beloved disciples in his new spiritual family. That's us, the family that Natalia is joining today. Because in baptism, we're all brought into the light out of the darkness. And at the end of this service, Natalia will be given a candle to take as a reminder to walk in this light all the days of her life. And each one of us will, I hope, with Natalia, try, in the words we sometimes use in this service, to shine as a light in the world to the glory of God the Father. So in the second half of our Lenten journey, from now until the end of the month, we will continue to travel on the road to the cross, knowing there will be pain. And for several members of our congregation at the moment, there are times of toughness and pain, family illness, all sorts of things going on in our lives. And as Jago's already said, for many people, Mothering Sunday is a difficult day. But even though there is pain, we know that Jesus is the light that shines in the darkness. And as John says at the very beginning of his gospel, the darkness does not overcome it. So let us pray. In the words of the Collect for Mothering Sunday, God of compassion, whose son Jesus Christ, the child of Mary, shared the life of a home in Nazareth and on the cross drew the whole human family to himself. Strengthen us in our daily living that in joy and in sorrow we may know the power of your presence to bind together and to heal. Amen. <laughs>